Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Welcome back to the show. William C. Rents here. Congratulations on entering the Hall of Fame. We are so excited to have you here to talk more about your work as a geography educator at Shippensburg University of PA. How are you? I'm fine. Great. Pleasure to have you here. Congratulations. Uh, For those that may not know of you, let's get to it. So let's talk a little bit about what brought you here. Clearly your occupation. uh, You mentioned you're retired. You've been a, you were a geography educator for how long? Basically, uh, much of my life, uh, I uh, started uh, teaching uh, back in uh, about 1968. Uh, this is at the college level, and then I got my Ph.D. Uh, in the early 1970s, and then I've been teaching ever since then until 2004 when I retired. I'm uh, 79 years old now. All right. Well, for new-time listeners here today, let's get to know you. Where were you born and raised? And then we'll go down the career path, but I want to find out a little bit about your background. I was, my father was a professor. And at the time I was born, he was teaching at Louisiana State University in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But when I was four years old, he got a position at the University of Colorado in Boulder. So I was raised in in Colorado. I started kindergarten in Boulder and went all the way through high school in Boulder. So is it safe to say, was your dad your inspiration? What brought you into the field of education like this? Um... Hard to say. You know, you just get a feeling that this is what you want to do. I can go back uh, oh, and when I was in high school, I guess, and think that I, I wanted to, to, to be a teacher. And then I realized that I didn't associate well with young kids or even even high school kids. And I realized that I wanted to teach at the college level where there was more uh, intellectual development and uh, uh, requirements. And so where did you go to school? And could you share a little bit about your educational background? I got my bachelor's and master's degree from what is now the University of Louisiana in Lafayette. I got my Ph.D. at Oregon State University in Corvallis, Oregon. And let's talk a little about this career path. So was it just your father as an educator? What about anyone else in your family? No one else. Uh, and both of my younger brothers got uh, engineering degrees. <laughs> so uh, they, they didn't go into education. And my mother, my mother was a, uh, in those days, you know, women, women didn't work much. And so she was a housewife. Uh, but it is so uh, my father was in education but I I think it was just a matter that I liked the idea of teaching I don't think it was his career as such which led me into it got it well let me see so now you graduate where did your first job start where did it take you my first my first job uh, was at the uh, again at, at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette but at the time, it was called the University of Southwestern Louisiana. Then I got a very good position at Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania, and I spent the rest of my career there. 
And let's talk about the specifics of education and, you know, your role. What type of educator uh, were you? Could you share a little bit about the whole, your whole personal background? Well, you teach a variety of courses uh, in, in college, uh, in universities. And I taught at a smaller university where the professors did the teaching. We did not have graduate assistants. At big universities, very often graduate assistants will teach freshman-level courses. Uh, we did not do that. Uh, so I had a variety of courses, and uh, ranging from freshmen all the way up to uh, master's degree graduate students. And what would you say set you apart all the years of being a professor? I was, I was what? Repeat that, please. Oh, what would you say sets you apart of all the years as an educator and teaching? Uh, every teacher has their own approach, uh, their own personality, the way they d- organize and deliver lectures, the way they handle students. And so I, I think every educator is different based upon their own personal factors. So everybody is sort of set apart, but you're still dealing with the same issues. So when the chips are down, it's still much the same. But how you approach it, how you lecture to the students, how you get the information across, that varies from person to person. And some are better than others, as in any uh, line of work. Now, throughout the years, did you have uh, a mentor, or have you mentored other students? Uh. I didn't really have a mentor as such, uh, and uh, I, what I did was with, with students, of course, I would work with them and encourage them, but once they had graduated and left, they might ask for a letter of recommendation or something, but once they were gone, I didn't have much more interaction with them. Got it. Okay. And what would you say served as your inspiration to the longevity of your career? And by the way, how many years uh, were you in education for? I started teaching in 1968, and except for the three years that I worked on my Ph.D., uh, I uh, retired in 2004. And what about family? So that would be about 36 years. Oh, my gosh. And what about family life for you? Well, I'm a bachelor, a lifelong bachelor. Yay. I live by myself with a, with a cat. Well, me <laughs> and too. I have a six- and eight-year-old. I'm a bachelorette, and I have. we just got another cat. So <laughs> welcome to the family. We adopted a half-blind cat. <laughs> I, um, I This cat... I had adopted uh, when my mother was still alive to help give her companionship, and when my mother had to go to the to the nursing home, uh, the cat told me that he was going to stay with me, and so he stayed with me. <laughs> and tell me about some of your hobbies uh, all these years, and anything you're still doing now. Well, the hop the main hobby I've had all of my life. And this started out when I was quite young, was simply uh, dealing with the weather. When I was a, a kid, my earliest memories generally have to do with weather events. And I, uh, once I got in junior high school, I built a uh, weather station and I started keeping a daily record of the weather conditions. And I've done that all of my life. 
And one of my specialties when I got my Ph.D. was climatology. Oh, my gosh. You could have been a meteorologist. or Do you have that degree, too? No, I do not have a meteorology degree. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, what would you say some of the most highlighted you know, stories of your life, of your career? Could you share some shining moments, any accolades and accomplishments? You know, there, was, there were a lot of things, but there's nothing that stands out. Uh, I went to professional conferences every year. Uh, and gave uh, delivered uh, academic papers at these conferences on my various research and activities. Uh, but there's nothing I don't think that really stands out, you know, like being invited to a White House dinner or something like that. Ooh. But uh, what would you say you love about teaching most? Any favorite students that you want to share any stories about? I like, uh, I like the interaction with the students I like the transmission of knowledge. Uh, one, and I have several students that uh, were rather close to me. Uh, one I remember in particular was uh, one of my was one of my advisees, and his grades were not good. And I had uh, some talks with him, and uh, he pulled it all together. And later, uh, he thanked me for what I had done for him. And now today, so you're retired. Tell me where you're living and what you're doing. Well, I live I live in Colorado. Remember, I grew up in Boulder, um, which is a university town because my father my father taught there. I live in Estes Park, which is up in the mountains. We're about eighty five miles northwest of Denver. Estes Park is the main town for the entrance of Rocky Mountain National Park, so it's a tourist center and also a retirement community. Uh, something like 60% of the population here is retirement. Uh, and in the summertime, with the National Park here, we are inundated with people. Uh, At any one day in the summer, there may be 20,000 people in Estes Park because of the, going into the National Park. I've never been there. Oh, my goodness. For those that don't know and where the name, you... The na- this is a, my, my house is at an elevation of about 8,000 feet. Uh, so I live pretty high, and I have views of some, some beautiful mountain views from my house. Wow. And for those who may not know, where are you? You're in Estes, uh, it's called Estes Park, Colorado, correct? Yes. Amazing. Yes. And don't get confused by the name Park. In the Rocky Mountains, in the northern Rocky Mountains, a broad, grassy basin was called a hole like Jackson Hole, Wyoming. In the southern Rocky Mountains, a broad grassy basin was called a park. And Estes Park was a grassy basin that was named after an early settler whose last name was Estes. Got it. Okay, and also you've authored quite a few uh, works. Could you share a little bit about that? Well, most of the... Most of what I authored were were, pap- were papers, and I can't right now remember uh, the names of them. Uh, I also uh, had uh, professional papers published in sort of uh, uh, anthologies, where several papers were gathered together and, and published. 
And I just don't know how many there are. All right, we got to take a quick commercial break here. Would you mind sharing uh, a little bit of your contact information, where we could reach out to you, phone number, email, is there a website? Uh, you tell us. Okay. I do not have a website. Uh, I think <laughs> probably too old to do that. Um, my phone number, the best phone number is the one that you're calling now, 970-577-9919. That's a uh, landline a home phone. The, uh, the, the, I have two email addresses, and probably the best one is Mountain Weather, uh, just like it sounds, Mountain Weather, weather being you know, like storms, uh, one word, no capitalized, uh, at AOL.com. All right, perfect. Let's take that break, and when we return, we'll talk more about your work, uh, your career, and, of course, further accolades. Stay tuned, everyone. We'll be right back with more. Celebrating Bubby's 70th birthday. Seven months after her birthday. Saying I don't to more postponements, and I do to each other. The life-changing vacation, just a little later in life, and the taste of some home cooking that's been simmering for months. Sorry, I think this one's mine. Oh, my bad. For all the things that you've been looking forward to getting back to, we've got a plane for that. Visit JetBlue.com for everyday low fares. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. 800-386-9945-800-386-9945. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcasts on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. Living comfortably in your home is easier than ever with a little help from Lowe's and AARP. We share a commitment to help people make their homes ready for all of life's changes. Take advantage of helpful videos, tips, and resources to guide you and your loved ones along the way. To learn more, visit Lowe's.com slash livable home. U.S. only. From the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. 
And welcome back to our Hall of Famer. We are so excited to have our guest here joining us live today from Colorado, William C. Rents. Uh, he's a geography educator and was with Shippensburg University of PA. And again, he's from SS Park, Colorado, also recipient of many awards and achievement awards. But is there any that you remember that you want to share? I know some of the papers and works you contributed to, you don't. But is there any accolades uh, in, in a sense that are more important than others? to you? No, I, I don't think so. I've already, um, uh, I've gotten some, uh, uh, some notices o- over, the, over the years having to do with my teaching and, um, and, and so forth. Uh, the uh, National Council for Geographic Education recognized me as a uh, top educator. Uh, so over the years, there's been a series of uh, of, uh, such as that that have come along, and I always got good um, uh, in recognition from uh, from my students. So uh, I think that's uh, pretty much pretty much uh, covers it. Just a series of things over the years. Got it. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the hobbies. I heard you like to travel a lot. Could you share? Yes, uh, as I've already discussed, my lifelong interest with weather. I also uh, have developed a little later in life a passion for for opera, especially the operas of Richard Wagner. Uh, And I actually have traveled to Europe specifically to listen to (laughs) Wagner operas. I do enjoy traveling very much. Being a geographer, you might imagine that. When I was uh, a kid... You know how the joke is, the kids are in the car and they're saying, are we there yet? That never bothered me. I could stare out the windows at the passing landscape all day. Fascinating. Um, My travel, I've gotten older. When I was a younger man, I did trekking in various mountain areas of the world. Uh, I have been to the great Karakoram Mountains of northern Pakistan. I've been to the... uh, Twice I have trekked in the uh, Himalaya, uh, which some people mispronounce as the Himalaya. Um, uh, I've been to the Everest Base Camp, for example. I've been uh, around Annapurna, and I've been around Makalu, which is uh, three trips, not two. <coughs> and uh, I've also been to <coughs> other places. Uh, back in the 1970s, I actually went around the world, uh, stopping in a variety of different places. I find India and Nepal fascinating. Uh, I find uh, uh, Thailand fascinating. <laughs> so uh, that's some of my um, some of my travels. Now, when I got older, the trekking had to stop because I just got too old for that kind of vigorous, demanding experience. And lately, I've been going more often to Europe. <laughs> I also read about a trip to Hawaii. Yes, um, for several years, my brother and I owned a condo on Maui, and so I would go there several times a year, but we've sold that. Uh, Hawaii is an absolutely fascinating place. I just love the place. I just love Hawaii. Where, where I, in Hawaii specifically? I've never been there. This is on the island of Maui. Ah. Oh. Uh, the northwest part of Maui, just a few miles from the town of Lahaina, which burned down in a horrible fire earlier this year. Whoa, oh my gosh, so sorry, horrible, horrible. Yes, it was, uh, uh, 100 people died, more or less 100 people died, 
and thousands of people have lost their homes. And the, the, and the, the downtown part of Lahaina, which is right along the waterfront, was old. The buildings dated from the 19th century. Lahaina was a major whaling port at one time, and sometime along the way it was actually the capital of Hawaii, but I don't know when that was. And all of that is burned. All of those historic old buildings burned to the ground. Oh, my goodness. Ah, oh, that is horrible, horrible. And have you, do you have friends there or any family still? No, no, I never had any family there. I have an old high school friend, but she lives in Honolulu. Uh, so I didn't have any friends there God. or family. All right. Well, let me also add that uh, now in your spare time, since you are retired, what does a typical day look like for you? Well, I tend to stay stay active. Uh, I uh, have a, a walking program that I do every morning. I walk about four miles every morning. Uh, and then, you know, the daily, daily routine. There are some family business matters that I take care of and uh, indulge myself otherwise in, uh, in activities, r- reading and so forth. And what would you say to those, you know, in this generation who want to become an educator like yourself? Any words of wisdom or advice you want to share with us to leave for them? Well, first of all, you have to want to work with young people and impart knowledge. If you don't want to work with them, don't do it. Do something else. The second thing is that if you're aiming toward teaching at the university level, college or university level, a PhD or its equivalent is mandatory. So you need to recognize you're going to have to go into a PhD program. And your thoughts on the education system today? I mean, is it still the same amount of schooling that it takes to get to your level as an educator? Or is there more than a master's degree that's required? Or how has that changed? Uh, nothing has changed. Uh, it's, uh, it's pretty much the same that it, that it always has been in terms of the requirements. It used to be in the past that at some smaller colleges a person could teach with only a master's degree, but those days are gone. Interesting. All right, if you had to do it all again, any regrets about anything that you would change and do different? No. I look back over my life, and overall, I mean, all of us made mistakes in our life, but overall, I made the right decisions and did the right thing. And I had a rewarding career. I was... uh, uh, ended up at a very good little, small university, Shippensburg University in Pennsylvania, which had high academic standards and good good students. And now I'm back in Colorado, uh, retired in the mountains where I want to be. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, if we do want to reach out to you, if someone may be listening here about your accolades and your entering into the Hall of Fame, how could we reach you? Um. This phone number is always a good phone number, and if you want to send an email, do you have my email address? Uh, yeah. Could you share it with us? It's an AOL address. Is that the one? I don't know if you want me to share that one. Uh, the I would recommend that you go to mountainweather at AOL.com. Perfect. 
All right, great. We'll do that. And that's at AOL.com. Thank you again for being here, for joining us. And again, congratulations. Uh, William C. Renz joining us here from the Hall of Fame. And we're excited to have him uh, with all that he's accomplished under his belt. And do you have any, um, you have two great nieces, you said, right? Yes, I have two nieces. Uh, they both live in Alaska. Oh, wow. uh, and each of them has children of their own. Ah. Uh, so most of my family lives lives in Alaska. Uh, I have a brother that lives there, but I have one brother who, who and his wife live here in Colorado. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. And who's in Paris? Who's in Paris? Yeah, I was reading your notes. Are you, like, traveling to Paris, or is you have a family member no, in that was just, that was just that was just for traveling. I went to Paris uh, for, for opera and music, and I had never been to Paris before, so that is a great city. Aww, I perfect. really enjoyed it. Perfect. Well, thank you again for being but here bring, and joining bring us. Bring your money because there's a shopping area that you'll go broke. <laughs> what is it called? Wait, what area? And, uh, it's along the Champs-Élysées, and it's got all the most expensive shopping that you can think of. Louis Vuitton, Prada, oh. and places I can't even think of. I'll do window so shopping next time I'm there. if you want to spend $3,000 for a handbag, <laughs> that's the place to go. All right. Thanks for the heads up. You have a fantastic day, and looking forward to speaking to you again soon. Again, congratulations, William. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt US Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. Is now a good time? No? Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.